0: Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your
1: hosts Adam Eve
0: and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. you got to hear this song. A Wombat!
1: Big hello to each and every one of you gorgeous Stannies and Dancefloor darlings. Welcome to This Is Disco, our very first Minogue Monday for 2022 and also our first episode back since November of last year. Hope you all had a lovely festive season and enjoyed your holiday away from the pod for a while. Adam is my name and I'm of course, as always, joined by my delightful co-host, Eliza Day. Happy New Year, Eliza How's A gun.
0: Oh, guess who's back in town? We're still standing.
1: (laughs) Get it going. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right off the bat. Well, Happy New Year to you. Oh, thank you, darling. Happy New Year to you. What did you get up to over your holidays, Eliza? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Because we are all in a self-imposed
0: lockdown. Right. um, To keep Uh. everyone safe. So, as I've said to many people before, we are now in the 25th month of 2020.
1: Right. Totally feels like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) um, That's just how I'm coping. How are you coping? How was your holiday?
1: Uh, Well, I slept through Christmas uh, because I'd only just gotten out of hospital three days earlier. Yes.
0: Yes, uh, it's yeah, quite an adventurous December you
1: had. Yeah, I, I two broken weeks basically stuck in hospital after I developed a bit of a fever. Wow. Uh, basically, my appendix burst, so I called the hospital and simply told them, look, I don't want to take this pain anymore. Oh. And off I went to emergency. And did they uh, put the needle on it? Oh, they did. They put they put quite a few
0: needles. Actually, I wish we'd had this um, level of enjoyment uh, during the ordeal because we're making it we're
1: making it sound like it was just a.
0: You know,
1: we're making it sound a lot of fun, but you were there for the FaceTime calls of me bowling my head off, yes, wanting we, to
0: get out of that bloody
1: hospital so
0: bad. FaceTimed while you were in hospital, feeling the fever, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was not a party jam. Let's just mm-hmm. say that.
1: Uh, some might say, Eliza, that I am now still standing.
0: Mm-hmm, you are. <laughs>
1: Oh, God bloody hell. Moving on. We've got about two-month backlog of this to get through, no doubt. But um, long story short, the holidays were a bit shit, really. But I had a very lovely and low-key New Year's Eve with one of my best friends, Michelle, and my ma. We watched the Madame X tour and Dirty Dancing, in case you were wondering. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about that. Eliza, can you please tell the lovely listeners at home what Minogue Monday album we'll be covering this month? Body language. Oh
0: yes. Severely underrated gem. An album. Or as it was originally going to be called, City Games. Apparently.
1: I know. Can you
0: imagine? Like, great song. But I feel that wouldn't feel right if you and I were sitting here going, let's talk about city games.
1: (laughs) Right. Body language just makes sense.
0: Well it feels more Kylie. Like City Games doesn't sound like a Kylie album. It's not 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 sexy. It's not, Not. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so very excited to be discussing this with you.
1: Before we do start talking about that slow and sweet music. (laughs) Oh God, Eliza, it's been a long bloody while since the Monog Monday of November when we were last here. So I'm guessing that there's been Quite a bit of Minogue news to catch up on. Yes, it has been quite a while
0: between Kylie Rosé's. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, um, what has happened since November? Well, first of all, thank you to everyone who joined us for our Infinite Disco Viewing Party, which
1: yes. seems like
0: a lifetime ago. But it
1: really does. when I was
0: making notes, I was like, oh, that happened. So <laughs> we might have to do one of those again at some point. Um, well, the... One of the biggest things that happened in December was our Danielle Minogue returned to the Sydney Maya Music Bowl
1: yes. stage.
0: And I was representing the pod as you were unfortunately uh, on your hospital journey. Yeah. But I did represent us as best I could. I had my um, disco Christmas top on.
1: <laughs> I love that. And
0: when Danny came on, so Danny saying, This is it. Just incredible with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, which if you've seen the footage online is as spectacular as you'd imagine. It was a beautiful Melbourne summer night. Yes. Yeah, so as soon as Danny came on the stage, I got up because i a Noga's on the stage. You stand up. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, obviously. that's just protocol. So, <laughs> and she was singing, this is it. And I recognized it straight away. so, beautifully arranged by Ian Masterson, and I believe Terry Ronald had a hand in this as well. Of course, Stunning. the iconic trio that they are.
1: Legends.
0: So I stood up, and because it was the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra and there was, you know, a, a myriad of musical theatre people performing, like it wasn't just Danny, obviously. Yeah. And so the crowd was mostly, I think, members of, what, you know, Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. So. Wow. That's why people weren't standing up. It wasn't. It wasn't your usual Minot crowd. It was people who were used to, you know, applauding appropriately, right. at an orchestra. Yeah. So, for example, the um, elderly ladies sitting next to um, me and um, our friend Rob at half half time. Sorry, it's not a sort of sporting event. <laughs> at interval, <laughs> um, they opened their homemade fruit cake and were eating that. And then immediately after that, Danny came on. I stand up screaming, covered in body glitter and a disco Christmas T-shirt trying to do the this-is-it routine to Danny on stage. (laughs) I don't think they quite knew what to do, but anyway, had a great time. Danny looked amazing. I wish you had been there with us, but I represented us appropriately, I felt.
1: Incredible. Thank you.
0: Um, Other than that, Kylie was inducted into the Music Victoria Hall of Fame and the legendary Cameron Adams gave a brilliant speech. He did. To do that. It was beautiful. It was. Um, What else has been happening? We're still waiting on the rumoured Gloria Gaynor video. Yeah.
1: I'm surprised that hasn't dropped yet. Mm, Yes. Because we've all heard that it's been done already, hasn't it?
0: I think so. I don't mm. I don't know. So I guess watch this space. There was yes. rumors a few weeks ago I think someone said that it was something had been announced that there was a video dropping and so we were all like literally waiting at a particular it was like a Tuesday but
1: yeah nothing and there was nothing.
0: That was it was lies. Lies. Lies, lies, lies. Um, we featured in Extra Magazine's Top 100 Defining Pop Culture Moments of 2021.
1: That's right. The podcast made it. Yes.
0: Yes, which is incredible. And that was for the interview with uh, Danny. So that was a huge surprise. Thank you to the lovely Tranna Winter and mm-hmm. Thomas LeBlanc of Chosen Family podcast. And speaking of Tranna Winter, our dear friend who featured on our Danny Minogue party episode yes we need to talk about what she's doing right now so that if any of our listeners in canada or anyone who has access to a vpn and can speak french you can catch tranna on celebrity big brother quebec yes so i'm hoping she's going to be um promoting both minogs incessantly on the show. <laughs> so we'll have to keep an eye on that.
1: We will. We will.
0: Um, other than that, I don't think there's... Uh, there's probably something I'm missing, but it's
1: That's been a lot. the gist of it, I guess. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's been it's, a lot. And it's been a while, too.
0: It's been so long. And I was thinking the other day, like, you know, we've kind of joked, but, you know, many a true word is spoken in jest, that this podcast kept us sane last year. Mm. And I've noticed since not doing it over the past couple of months, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, my anxiety has been a lot higher. I haven't had right. this as a distraction. Yeah. So I'm really, really looking forward to having this back in our lives. It's a mm-hmm. big, big year on the Monogue front. We have 40 years since Danny started on Young Talent Time. Wow. 35 years since Kylie's music career launched. 25 years of Impossible Princess and Girl. What a year 1997 was. Right. And 10 years since Abbey Road and Anti-Tour.
1: Wow. Mm. Anti-Tour.
0: Ready for another one. How about you?
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Ready for live music. (laughs) Oh, tell me about it. Ready to be allowed out of the house. Mm, That would be nice.
0: Perhaps if Anti-Tour is, like, done in a sporting arena, it will happen.
1: But anyway... Maybe we could get the anti tour to happen at Hillsong.
0: Oh yes, that well, it is. It would be a religious experience. It like, would be, you know. Anyway, this let's just
1: uh, moving right along.
0: <laughs> Shall we uh, read our body language?
1: November two thousand and three would see the release of Kylie Minogue's ninth studio album, the nineteen eighties inspired synth pop meets R and B meets electro clash and rap long player, Body Language. Following the huge success of 2001's Fever, Kylie returned to a musical landscape where, thanks to Can't Get You Out of My Head, America recognised her again, and thus, the arrival of a 1980s concept record seemed like a very smart move. Body language, which would see Kylie experiment with everything from R&B to minimal techno, and we'll get to that quiet achiever of a lead single in a moment, would go on to be a seriously divisive record amongst the fans. Even to this day, strangely.
0: Yeah, people have very, very strong opinions when Kylie starts venturing into, um, you know, R&B, hip-hop and, you know, God forbid, right. rap. Like, right, you know, even when we put out that we were doing this album, you've got people either really, really, really love it or they do not.
1: Yeah, I saw some of the comments. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, and it's funny because right when we announced that um, Steve Anderson was interviewing Johnny Douglas for his podcast, Such a Good Feeling, which was perfectly Mm. timed, and he spoke about, um, you know, the recording of this album, which you're going to get into in a moment, but how they were, you know, recording the album, but also on the fan forums where he was reading all the outrage that, you know, Kylie was, you know, Making an R&B album, so and from what he said in that interview, outrage was putting it mildly.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I remember it all. It was toxic as. Really?
0: Yeah, See, I've never gone on
1: any of those forums. I, I was. It's... I used to look at that forum, and yeah, very, very bizarre how butthurt people were over it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. Re- I guess because I'm quite oblivious to this kind of stuff because I just think, "Well, do I like it or do I not like it?" And then yeah. I get on with my day. <laughs> it yep. Doesn't bother me if. Other people do or don't like it. Like, anyway, yes, very, very
1: uh, divisive album. For me, there was nothing that I didn't love about this album when it came out. From the exquisitely beautiful artwork right down to every single track on it. For me, I don't skip a thing on body language, and to this day, I would say it's one of Kylie's greatest pieces of work, which I'm sure many of you will argue with me on, but whatever. (laughs) This whole campaign came while I was very, very much into the club and rave scene. And aside from my main divas, my world revolved around dance music, nightclubbing and raving, where radio edits were replaced with 10-minute techno opuses without a single vocal in them. <laughs> I was also a very active punter and gig reviewer through the local electroclash scene at the time, going to mechanoid parties and all that kind of thing. And based on Body Language's first single... I had a feeling that this record was going to fit the world that I was already in like a glove.
0: Yeah, I agree the visuals of this era are like simply stunning. I actually think Ooh. they could be my favorite sort of aesthetics of hers ever. That whole Bardot look, the photo shoot in the south of France. So beautiful. It's just rewatching all of that recently, like and she's I love that she's revisiting that now. Like she's got that that whole aesthetic back yeah. with the extended mixes. Yes. Vibe loving that a lot um in that interview with steve as well johnny douglas had said that the brief from the record company was hip-hop with glitter oh amazing and i think he understood the assignment exceptionally well it's that's exactly what it is so now you and i have spoken about this a lot about you know my obsession with the deconstruction era (laughs) it's it's no secret how much i (laughs) I'll be here till the end of the night, everyone. <laughs> um, so I have something a little controversial to confess, and I'm 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 nervous that I'm going to get attacked <laughs> for this by everyone. So I was obsessed with Impossible Princess, and so I guess when Light Years and Fever came around, as much as I I loved them, and I still love them to this day, and I love pop, and you know all of that stuff. I don't think I was ready for that I still was sort of um, hungry for more experimental Kylie doing Impossible Princess stuff and you know all that stuff and I think you know it's probably where I was at in my life like Impossible Princess came out as I was becoming an adult and so Mm. and then growing and so that's you know basically this is me overthinking a lot of things that don't need to be overthunked (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I guess when Body Language came out and it was sort of a return to that experimental kind of vibe, Mm. I was really excited. Yeah, which is weird because it's not a super personal album by her, which is usually what I'm drawn to. So anyway, I really like it. I don't know where I'd rate it, though. Where would you rate Body
1: Language? I haven't thought about it, but I think my rating has changed a lot over the last couple of years. It some changes a lot. Were, some things that were in my top five are no longer in the top five. Oh, such as? I have to sit down and write it out, so I'm not going to try and guess at the top of my head now. But yes, mm. stuff has moved around quite considerably since starting this podcast. Yeah, I was and
0: about the- to say, since starting this, because you start doing deep dives and yep. finding a deeper appreciation for the things maybe you didn't the first time around. Yeah, another thing about this, it was at the time Kylie had said that this was the easiest album that she'd ever made like it was whipped wow. together in six months and you know i guess coming off the back of two huge tours you know for mm-hmm. light years and fever plus those albums plus can't get you out of my head i mean she would have been on a complete roll and yeah. i don't know that i assume that gives you some kind of like is confidence the right word yeah
1: confidence i suppose confidence
0: yeah. and again power is not the right word but you know you got a lot of pull and you have had that kind of success so Sort of back-to-back-to-back.
1: Before its complete bastardisation at the end of the noughties, electro Clash was probably the coolest genre in the electronic world. Rising through the premiere of techno icon DJ Hell's Munich-based label International DJ Gigolo Records... Now legendary acts such as Jeff Mills, Vitalik, Tiga, Dave Clark, Miss Kitten and the Hacker, Linda Lamb, Amanda Lepore and even Fisher Spooner would all join acts such as Chicks on Speed, Peaches and Adult in unison to foster the birth of the genre as the 1990s came to a close and the 2000s begun. At the core of the Y2K movement and everything that came with it, Electroclash was very much being dubbed the music of the future. And because of all those crazy synths and electronic, well, clashes, for lack of a better word, it really did sound like music from the future, and all of a sudden, it was inescapable. So much so that it obviously caught Kylie's attention along the way. I mentioned Fisher Spooner earlier, and only a short couple of years before Body Language arrived, Kylie would team up with Mr. Fisher Spooner for a bonkers remix of Fever single, Come Into My World, and an even more bonkers Top of the Pops performance. So, Electric Clash was clearly already starting to pump through Kylie's veins long before even Fever. More so, I believe, also techno at its core as well. Because while these two dance genres were more often than not lumped together, they are very different. Which is what made Slow such a fascinating lead single to me, because This was essentially a slow, vocal techno record with minor electroclash trimmings. So when this huge single dropped, I was obviously onto it immediately, screaming genius at the stereo whenever I would listen to it, you know, all that shit. (laughs) It didn't take long before it even found its way into my dance music circle of friends and colleagues either. I remember buying the slow 12-inch picture disc with a bunch of techno and hard trance records at Long Gone Record Store One Stop DJ in Paran where I was actually lucky enough to be allowed to play that 12-inch for the first time in-store on very good speakers. Oh, wow. It helps to know the person that owns the shop. Uh (laughs) Wow. How... Yeah, I was about to say how, but it's who yeah, do you know. Because after parties, we used to go to One Stop every Saturday morning after Bay Station on a Friday night. Right. We would go see Jules, who had played at Bay Station on the Friday night. Right. And then she would go to One Stop, open the store, and we would spend most of the Saturday in the store listening to records. And yeah, it was, it was crazy.
0: Oh, to have the energy to be able to do that again.
1: I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, it also wasn't long before I was asked to review the single for Long Gone, original dance music news site, in the mix to which I very happily obliged. tonight So I put my
0: on boy I was So Adam, I have a little fun fact for you. So when Kylie was recording this, I think it was in the summer, maybe July or August of that year, Um, Channel 4 in the UK were filming some documentary and they got, I think it was one of Kylie's distant Welsh cousins who looked a lot like her. Mm. They pretended that she was being kidnapped. So they were out the front of Kylie's flat. What? How about I read you a news article from The Time? Oh, please. Mm. Bit of investigative reporting here on the pod. Wow. Um, July 2003. Worried neighbours called police on Monday afternoon after seeing Ms Richards being pushed into a car outside Minogue's flat. Police began a door-to-door check of the street and rang her manager to check the singer's whereabouts. (laughs) The hunt was called off when the documentary makers contacted detectives to admit, I assume that detective was Angela Lansbury, that's how it is in my mind. of course, of course. To admit the kidnap was a hoax police can informally caution people who waste their time with reckless action. Um, Minogue was in a recording studio at the time and was not aware of the drama. And quite frankly, I would like to amend this article to say Minogue was in the recording studio recording one of the most iconic songs of her entire career and didn't need to deal with this garbage. So, cause she was getting phone calls about it. Like people wondering if she was okay.
1: And meanwhile, she's oh trying to record God. slow. Stop it! I had no idea about any of this.
0: I know. I didn't know any of this either. It's been... It's been a lot. So... Oh, my. I, I, I view Slow very differently now that she's trying to record this. Meanwhile, getting calls going, um, Are you kidnapped? Or are you all good? <laughs> I mean, I think technically they were calling her manager. But in my mind, it's
1: her... Oh, the manager probably would have been calling her as well. Like, the, the chain reaction of phone calls happening... I know.
0: Anyway, a little fun story there. But is now the appropriate time to talk about that video.
1: Oh, yes. Let's do it. Oh, my
0: goodness. That swimming pool, the divers. So it was filmed at the swimming pool that was used for the uh, Barcelona Olympics. Uh Um, I'm not going to butcher the Spanish language by trying to pronounce that. So, But it was directed by Bailey Walsh, who also directed In excesses Taste It mm-hmm. and a lot for Massive Attack, including Unfinished Symphony. Yes. So, as we, I oh, mean... what a song. <laughs> oh, I know, I got very distracted. I got on oh. a complete <laughs> Massive Attack YouTube hole doing this, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing Body Language. <laughs> so sidetracked. <laughs> but, I mean, I think one of the biggest things in this video was... The choreography, it's, Mm it's more, it's so minimal, but so beautiful. It's more movement and... And Very technical. Yeah, so technical. I don't think people really appreciate just how technical it is. And so the choreographer was Michael Rooney, Mm -hmm. son of Mickey Rooney, who presented Kylie with her gold Logie in 1988. So... I'm dying to know if that was ever discussed. Wow. What a, what a
1: strange, small world.
0: <laughs> I know, so weird. Like, anyway, so I, I then obviously got in a Logies YouTube hole doing all of this. <laughs> but, so he had done the iconic Can't Get You Out of My Head choreography. So, mm. of course, you're going to want someone back for that. So Definitely. I mean, he he is incredible as a choreographer. So, he has won 5 MTV video music awards for best choreography, including for Björk's It's So So Quiet. He did Fatboy Slim's Praise You. Oh, amazing. Which amazing we all know video. that. I mean, that's yeah. just incredible. He is yeah. If you haven't seen the the behind the scenes um video for slow. I think it's on Kylie's YouTube page. Or it's, it's on the YouTube somewhere. It's, it is. It's fascinating, just the, the movement and how it all came about. But and who hasn't recreated that at the beach or by the pool? Or just on your <laughs> bathroom floor anytime yeah. any anywhere there's a
1: towel. Well when I had my um when I was going to the pool regularly for my back before COVID happened, I had um waterproof headphones. Oh I'd listen to it all the time in oh, the did pool. You? It was great Oh <gasps> yeah it was Fantastic. Did you roll around on the side of the pool? Oh, no, no, no. no. I just did (laughs) in-water stuff. Like I I wasn't going to make a fool of myself on the side of the pool, (laughs) especially not in Geelong. Oh, my God. I've been through enough in this town. I don't don't need to add more to it. What's he doing? He's doing the choreography for Slow. Yeah. Released November the 3rd in 2003, Slow was written by Kylie, Dan Carey, and Icelandic artist Emiliana Torini, clocking in at the perfect running time of 3 minutes and 15 seconds. Now, co-writer Emiliana Torini would later go on to say that in regards to the song's creation, she actually still thinks Team Kylie were trying to get in touch with Jamelia and called her accidentally instead. <laughs> Can you,
0: I can't imagine Jamelia singing slow. No! Like, I I've tried. <laughs> like, love Jamelia, I just can't see her singing slow. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, Slow went number one in over seven countries, including here in Australia, the UK and Romania, and would also go on to become a US Billboard Dance Chart number one, peaking at number 91 on the regular US Singles Chart at the time, which, given the fact this was a minimal techno pop song and America were very much anti-club music on a commercial front at the time, chart-wise, this was still a great result. Now, I can't exactly remember when the Chemical Brothers remix of Slow officially dropped because I'd gotten my hands on the white label pressing of it that was pressed on one-sided yellow wax. Oh, my (laughs) Um, God. And that was just before it became readily available as well. Like, the label had no writing on it, nothing. Like, it was just... And I only knew about it because Jules, at one-stop DJ, was like, have I got a record for you when I came in that Saturday morning? And lo and behold, it was this Chemical Brothers remix of Slow. I... I mean, to not mention this remix in its full seven minutes of glory when talking about slow and body language, I think would be a crime. So here I am mentioning it. I remember reading something at the time of its release as well that Kylie said that she had a mini rave in her lounge room when she was first sent the remix. And look, same here, hon. Same. <laughs>
0: Well, my new favourite, I don't know if remix is the right word, but I I feel like we can't not talk about the Infinite Disco rework might be a better choice of words. My goodness. I think it could be my new favourite version of Slow. I don't know. But then also I am very much obsessed with the Initial Talk remix.
1: Right. Yes, yes. Of Slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because I'm, I mean, I'm a sucker for anything 80s and it's, you know, and then it's got that aerobic video. So I love that remix. But yeah, the the way slow has been wheeled out over mm. the
1: disco era has... Beautifully. I must admit, before we do move on from the remixes, I can't also go past the, the version I think that is my favourite over the Chemical Brothers remix, oh. which is the original extended version. Oh, yes. Which is just... Oh, fucking hell. Pardon my French. But my... God, that extended mix really just hits yeah. all the right spots. So I did have to mention that as well. My apologies. but uh,
0: <laughs> Mention any and all remixes. Could, I'm happy to be here all day discussing slow remixes. We could just do a slow episode.
1: <laughs> it's and done. Just, the episodes change now. Just go through every live performance, every remix. Oh. Once we go through all the albums, we may have no choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that, that, that may well be a thing that happens. on the 1st of March the following year in 2004 Kylie dropped the second body language single which was also my wish for the record's second single at the time the R&B meets synth pop and hip hop banger red blooded woman love this
0: so much <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, uh. Working with Lightyear's collaborator Johnny Douglas and Karen Poole, the three of them penned Red-Blooded Woman, which would go on to be the first single lifted off the album to actually reference a pop song from the 1980s, the band I stand very hard for, Dead or Alives, You Spin Me Round Like a Record. Rockets, rockets,
0: rockets,
1: rockets. Not only that, but Kylie managed to fuse that Dead or Alive reference with a bit of a spinning around self-reference, and there's nothing that I love more than a pop diva making a self-reference. Oh my god,
0: that reminds me. Is there anything more satisfying than when an album track or you know a single or whatever references the album title mm, when there is yeah. no album track? So like in Slow with Body Language, Dreams, Impossible Princess...
1: Mm -hmm. If it was allowed, what will the neighbours say? Right.
0: Like, I don't know what... It's so satisfying in a way that, you know, those videos of satisfying things, for whatever reason, this is like (laughs) an audio version of
1: that. Uh, Yeah, look, Red Blood Woman is just a really great track and I can never get enough of that boy-boy hook or the la-la-la bridge, which... Speaking of being self-referential.
0: Well, speaking of not being able to get enough of a boy, 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 um, I feel like this is a good opportunity to mention the showgirl homecoming scene with all the boys in the shower as right. Red-Blooded Woman starts. Like, I don't really have anything to say. I just felt it was really, really important to mention that just so everyone yeah. can have a visual. You're welcome. Right. Um <laughs> but did you know that the B-side for this, so there was two B-sides for this Almost a Lover and Cruise Control so there is a version of Cruise Control that features Sean Paul which is so 2000 so early 2000 <laughs> I am in no way mad about this I support it wholeheartedly it's, that's what we were all kind of living for at the time
1: city wish I get really live again. Kelly more with the players and the riders beside them. And them them tired the and never get tired of them, they the money them. Watch you watch a make a again. Come on, them, move like a Spiderman. Kelly said them not home again. city wish I get really with the players and the riders them.
0: Oh, that video. I was, you know, I've said before how obsessed with the aesthetics of this era was. So she moved from, I think in Fever and Light Years, she kind of had that on-the-side low ponytail. So I don't know who was doing her hair at this time, but for Red-Blooded Woman, it was all this kind of on-the-side shaggy bum. Mm. Gorgeous. I, That was my only hairstyle for about two years. Once <laughs> I saw that, like any kind of formal occasion just down the street, that was my go-to look for the time couldn't get enough of it i haven't been that obsessed about a kylie hairstyle since indie kylie and did it again some kind of bliss oh wow right yep yeah anyway that's just a side note for any um hair enthusiasts out there (laughs) so the video for this was directed in los angeles by jake nava i think it's nava it's n-a-v-a and i feel like if i said nava that's wrong (laughs) Right. His videography. Are you ready, Adam, for this? Mm -hmm. A lot of Beyonce, including Uh, Crazy in Love and Single Ladies. Spice Girls Holler. Oh, wow. My gosh. I'm going to talk about really important videos here. Like, There's a lot, but I'm obviously pulling out the ones that are important to you and I. (laughs) Spice Girls Holler. Lindsay Lohan Rumors. Oh, everything. Khalees' Milkshake. Uh, Natalie Imbruglia's Shiver. Brittany's If You Seek Amy. Oh my gosh. Usher's Burton. And oh this one, this one I pulled out especially for you. Um, <laughs> he directed Paul Oakenfold and Brittany Murphy's Fast and of- yes. Oh my God. I know, I saw that and I thought, I have to bring this up for Adam oh, so that that we can have a it great on. Great track. What a song. I mean, I <laughs> could get very sidetracked, but what a videography. Mm, wow. Just phenomenal. I mean, I guess coming off the back of Fever and Light Years. She could have any music video director she wanted at this point. Like,
1: just incredible. Red-Blooded Woman debuted and peaked at number four on the Australian Singles Chart, managing number five in the UK and peaking at number one in Romania again, which we love to see. Oh, shout out to Romania. (laughs) The track also peaked at number 19 in New Zealand and was certified gold. June 28th saw the release of the third and final single from Body Language, The Incredible chocolates.
0: I'm ready to take the Milky Way to your Hershey's kiss, Adam.
1: <laughs> now, I am not a fan of the re-recorded single version of this, and no, not at all, and have always thought the original and very deluxe album version was the superior of the two, but I was initially very happy to see this breathy, super-synthesized slow jam released as a single, though had I known at the time about the single mix or the fact that it would be the album's final single, I may have thought differently.
0: And what about the um, ludicrous version? What are your
1: thoughts on that? Because that- I l- Look, I love it. I, I'm always here for a rent-a-rapper moment. <laughs> I love a rent-a-rapper moment. <laughs> I love it as well.
0: I think, and like we were saying about the Sean Paul feature, this is what was happening in the early 2000s. Right. Sensational is perfect bliss I'm ready to take the Milky you to your Hershey's
1: kiss You know my tongue has got batteries in it The bedroom we lose calories in it Star families in it Don't worry cause the situation's under control Beat this Louis now we're I like, think I love it more also because I know how much it pisses off so many fans. <laughs> it's like when when every all the Madonna fans like they just hate on Hard Candy and right and all I talk about is Candy Shop, you know? Like right. I, it's it's stemmed from the fact that like well, it's actually a very good album. It's just that you are picky about what Kylie or Madonna is putting out. So you don't want them to go down this R&B or hip hop yeah. road. Whereas actually, I think the songs are really fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, had, I had in my notes that,
0: but I didn't know how to word it properly. Is it's definitely, I think body language as a whole is one of her most misunderstood albums, which I realise yes. like, that makes me sound like, a, like a, some kind of music snob. And that's not how I mean it, but it's misunderstood.
1: It's misunderstood and hugely underrated.
0: Yeah, definitely hugely underrated, oh. that's for sure. But um I mean, I don't think she was a fan of that ludicrous rap. I think that didn't happen because she <laughs> pulled the pin on it and didn't didn't want that as but he ended up using that rap on another song. That's which I'll right. I'll put that in our playlist. I mean he takes out the line about Kylie Minogue, but Thankfully, the line about, you know, Milky Ways and Hershey's Kisses is still there. It's <laughs> still there. Which is all that matters. That's <laughs> that's the line that we're here for. But, um, I mean, that video mm. is so beautiful. The, it is. The ballet dancer. Every time I watch it as well, I always think about how Carol was a ballet dancer. Oh. And so I, was, I always think, oh, was she watching that going, oh, oh, Kylie's doing ballet now. But anyway, so once again we had michael rooney back doing choreography which mm. i think is very obvious once you know that and this video was actually nominated for outstanding achievement in choreography for a music video at the annual american choreography awards
1: Stunned.
0: so it, it's wow. very well respected you know as a music video but for the choreography and the artistry within it and the director was dawn shadforth so she also directed Can't Get You Out of My Head, which Michael Rooney really did the choreography on. Yeah. So this duo together
1: works quite Oh, my well. gosh,
0: incredible. <laughs> so her videography, she's done a lot with Kylie, actually. She did Can't Get You Out of My Head, spinning around in your eyes. After this, she would go on to do Two Hearts and Into the Blue." Baloo. So <laughs> she's done some of Kylie's best ever videos. And, and I guess the ones that we probably remember the most, like, visually so very, very talented but also mm. on there I thought it's worth mentioning some of her other videos that aren't Minogue related we have Moloko's Sing It Back Oh, oh! Jerry Halliwell's Bag It Up
1: oh, great video
0: right uh, Garbage Special
1: oh, what a song
0: Sugar Babes Freak Like Me oof Florence and the Machines Shake It Out
1: Flo Rider and the Machine thank you <laughs>
0: feel like that's the conversation for another day so yeah once again like all the three videos for this album just incredible directors incredible choreography Mm. just it's funny that this album doesn't doesn't get the respect it deserves because the singles are so revered yeah and successful and celebrated and wheeled out a lot at live shows anyway we'll get to album tracks In a minute.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) But I also, before we move on, I also did a a little poll on the socials to Mm -hmm. see what everyone's favourite single was. So we kind of figured that including slow in this was no no point because everyone would say slow, which was funny because when that went out, Quite a few people said, no, actually, I would have said Red-Blooded Woman over Slow. So there's just constant debate with this album, which is fantastic, I think. It's been really enjoyable to see people bantering in a healthy manner. Yeah. (laughs) But, so it was Red-Blooded Woman versus Chocolate on both Instagram and Twitter, Mm. and Red-Blooded Woman won both times.
1: Uh, Doesn't surprise me. No. I would have picked Slow, though, if Slow had been in there myself.
0: Yeah, I would have picked Slow as well, which is why I think... Maybe not 100% would have picked slow, but I think the majority of people would. So I was yeah. kind of interested to, like, let's just all agree that it's probably going to be slow. So you did the right thing, I think. I, I feel like I did. But just another thing on chocolate, because you were talking about those breathy vocals. Mm. I saw an interview that she'd done at the time where I think when they were recording, it must have been in the middle of summer and the studio was really hot. And because it's so breathy and, like, yeah. she nearly fainted. She was, like, talking about how she got oh so, God. you know, had to take a few breaks. Oh, wow. It was worth it in the end, though. Oh, yes, definitely. A beautiful, beautiful song. And there's some really lovely remixes Mm. of chocolate. If you're in, you know, just sitting, you know, in a bar or poolside, hop on the chocolate remixes.
1: Chocolate peaked at number 14 locally, number six in the UK, with its highest chart placement being number two in both Belgium and, once again, Romania. Belgians love their chocolate. (laughs)
0: I don't even know what kind of pun that is, but I just. Oh my god. Bit of a dad joke for everyone.
1: (laughs) Let's talk quickly about some of the album tracks, though.
0: Yes, very excited to Mm. get into this.
1: First up on the album, as track two, is Still Standing. Written by Alexis Strum and Ash Thomas, Still Standing was originally recorded by Alexis Strum for her then planned and scrapped debut album Under Warner. The track would end up circulating thanks to the Alexis Strum 2003 album sample that it was featured on, but would obviously then go on to be recorded and released by Kylie in that same year. But um, let's take a bit of a listen to that original Alexis Strum version. pop fans, that very Alexis Strum sampler would also be the very first home of the Xenomania penned Nothing Good About This Goodbye, which would go on to be recorded by S Club 7 star Rachel Stevens on her album Come and Get It. Only now I've let go, honey, I just don't-
0: Um, the other day I we was listening to an interview where Kylie had said that Ash Thomas was kind of the starting point for the album. And he is actually the ex-boyfriend of Dawn Shatford, who was the director of all the videos we just mentioned. Oh, wow. So, she, so she'd already kind of met him, but hadn't put two and two together. But once she realised, she was like, oh my god, yes, I'm excited. But, oh, wow. Um, yeah, so many, it's,
1: I love doing this podcast because there's so many new things that I find out. We b- both have a lot of um, discovery moments when we're doing research for the pod.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Like, you just... You think you had read all the interviews and then you'll read another one. It's like, oh, my God, I had no idea. A lot of this album gets compared to, as you were saying, all the 80s sounds and stuff, but this song in particular has had a lot of comparisons to Prince and Kiss, which makes sense because, you know, both Kylie and Danny have been very vocal over the years about their love of Prince and obviously that missed Mm. collaboration in the 90s with Kylie. but. Yeah, I think that's probably you and I are both Prince fans, so Huge that group. would explain our love of this album and all of these <laughs> tracks as well. So, yes, love still standing.
1: One of my other favourites, and look, in hindsight, perhaps is what I would have loved to see as the album's third single: It's Secret Take You Home. <laughs> One of my favourite Kylie songs ever, yes, ever, complete with its oh. iconic references to two of the very best songs from the 80s, Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam's 1984 smash, I Wonder If I Take You Home, and Janet Jackson's 1987 song, The Pleasure Principle. I played Secret, Taking Home last week on the record, Doctor, and it still sounds as fresh and bombastic to me in 2022 as it did in 2003. It's a serious Kylie classic for me that I would actually put in the first opening block of an updated anti-tour if I had my way. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just that bloody good. I love this song so, so much.
0: Yeah, I think you're not alone in that. Like, I don't know if it was maybe on the socials after you played on the, that on the record, Doctor, but a lot of people had similar things to say, like, wish it had been a single. Mm. Um, That wish was actually granted in Taiwan because apparently... What? Apparently in January 2004 it was released there as a single. Oh, I love that. I feel like I need to verify this, and I also need a physical copy of that (laughs) yesterday. But the taste of the Taiwanese people... Right. Clearly. (laughs) My goodness. And... It's funny because you know she'd said in an interview that she was nervous about rapping on this oh. track until William Baker reminded her of One Boy Girl. Well, I mean, and quite frankly, she should a be reminded rapstress. of
1: yes, she should be reminded of One Boy Girl often. She should be reminded of One Boy Kill. <laughs> I mean, what a song! We mention it quite often on this pod. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, my dream would be to do that rap with her at some point. <laughs> Putting it out there. Well, because I, I always have to do like both parts when I'm in my
1: bedroom, and I had to do that
0: <laughs> for 30 years, and I'm tired. I need a, I need someone to do it with me, <laughs> ideally her.
1: In the meantime, when when we catch up next, I'll I'll okay. in as, as Kylie proxy.
0: Well, I've done, we've done the love and kisses rap with Danny, so this is next on the bucket list.
1: Right, true, true.
0: As well as the shop trap. Anyway, just rapping with Minogue's that could be a podcast. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I also love sweet music, and mm. I've heard her say that her favourite part is the hi hat in that. Uh-huh.
1: Right, yeah. Very yeah.
0: very specific.
1: Woo! <laughs> What a great song? Do you love that one? I do. I do. I love all of the songs on this album. Yeah. Like I said, I I think the bonus tracks are bonus tracks for a reason on this album. Right. Was that Slow Motion and You Make Me Feel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything from Slow to After Dark, I, I put it on and I don't turn the album off. Yeah, all the right songs were selected. Definitely, definitely. And I think that... It's an album that's actually aged remarkably well, too. Yeah,
0: it's aged like a fine wine. Oh, 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 there we go. Gosh, I can't believe it's taken me this long to get the wine reference in. I
1: know. Good
0: Lord. So Promises was actually released in Ireland only as a promo single. Oh, wow. I know. I'm, I'm
1: fascinated as to why that... Song. That's strange because it's, it's. I mean, it's a great song, but it doesn't sound like a single. Not to me, anyway. No. Obsession is also that bitch for me from Body Language (laughs) Uh, produced by mega DJ Curtis Mantronic and again Johnny Douglas there's something just magical about Kylie's delivery of the whole song being enveloped by those wondrous synths
0: She's apparently a huge fan of this track. I think it's one
1: of her favourites. I can understand that. It's Mm -hmm. probably my second favourite album track. Perhaps she can wheel it
0: out. Perhaps she can wheel it out at the anti tour.
1: I would like a lot of these songs wheeled out at the next anti tour, please. Yeah,
0: we're going to have an an anti tour section at the end of this episode. I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Begging for what songs to be added. (laughs) Yes, before I share my last favorite from Body Language, which also doubles as one of my absolute very favorite Kylie almost ballads, I just wanted to very quickly mention I feel for you. I see. I see. Only because it's just bloody great, but also because it actually samples the baseline in my house remix of New Horizons' very bloody good club classic, It's My House.
0: This song so much. It's my favorite track, my favorite album track from this. Oh, oh, I don't, amazing. I don't know if it's the rain at the start. I have a thing for songs about rain. They're always like my favorite, whether it's Purple Rain, Madonna Rain. Mm. I, I don't know what that is. I'm sure a psychologist can analyze that for me. <laughs> and so, actual rain in a song is taking it to oh,
1: a next whole level, yeah. whole
0: new <laughs> level. And even just the fact that it's the same as a Chaka Khan song title is probably doing something for me as well. I don't know. Absolutely love it. No rhyme or reason, but it always goes on my Kylie playlists. I'd also like to mention one of my favourite Kylie lyrics ever, which is on Someday. I want my records back to get my heart on track.
1: Oh, so good.
0: What a line. This should be on everyone's breakup playlist, (laughs) this whole song. And like you know, was somebody that I used to know the response, like, have your friends collect your records? I mean, who's who's to say what mm. the mindset was with that?
1: Rah. Anyway,
0: that lyric is just mm, muah, perfection, as Danielle would say. You have a
1: The last album track that I wanted to discuss myself is Loving Days. It's precious time with you This gets lodged into my head so much And it's one of those Kylie tracks I really, really hold near and dear to my heart The first time I heard this entire album in full I'd actually visited a friend after a big rave And he had an advanced copy So he played it for me (laughs) Um, amazingly there was also some homo baby making that followed me listening to it directly as a result of Kylie so thank you very much Kylie oh, you were reading each other's body language <laughs> we, were, we were by the sounds of it <laughs> but uh, look in all seriousness the goosebumps this track gave me upon hearing it that night Oh man, I don't know if you can read between the lines, but I was obviously very slightly out of it after dancing under candy-coloured lights, so to speak, all night. Mm. So Loving Days was the perfect kind of track to hear in Ravo relaxo mode. And amazingly to this day, I still feel those same goosebumps when I listen to the track. Ah. It's just simply divine. Oh,
0: that's so awesome. So she'd apparently been, I think, on holidays in Italy on a boat or something right Right. before she went to the studio to record this. And when she arrived, Biff and Biff Co, I was about to say Biff and Co, or I could just say (laughs) Biff Co, um, knew that she'd been, you know, on a boat. So they were like, well, should we like, do you want to sing a song about like being on a boat? Right. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: Loving Days.
1: Wow. It's
0: so great knowing these backstories and then going back and listening to it and you're like, right. Like knowing an artist's. You know, vision and intentions
1: with a song. There's something it's, special about it. It really is. It's so funny because I, I mentioned to you off um, off air, so to speak, that my copy of the new Gaga reimagined "Born This Way" album came on vinyl with yes. the Kylie version of "Married the Night." And I was going to listen to that actually, give it its first spin after we finish. But now all I can think about is listening to body language again when we get off the When we get yeah. off this call with each other.
0: Yeah. Well, this is why our um, spotify unwrapped was like so much kylie and you know it's because we we immerse ourselves in each album every time we're doing we do like an episode it's just on repeat on repeat on repeat and so then the album wraps up with after dark and Mm. the return of kathy dennis oh
1: talk about a
0: legend absolute legend and i think this was performed on top of the Pops at some point,
1: right? Interesting.
0: I, yeah, I'll have to confirm that. It's I'm not. Sh- it,
1: I'm pretty sure it wasn't unusual for artists to do album tracks every now and then, right? On top of the Pops, right? But, but yeah,
0: just I mean, Kathy Dennis, just the caliber of people she had on this album. Like, and it, you know, sometimes you can be concerned that too many different people, you know, too many cooks and all that. But this just wasn't that. Just Karen Poole, Johnny Douglas, Biff, Kathy Dennis. I mean, it's just an incredible group of people. Yep. So we mentioned there was a couple of bonus tracks, you know, for the U S market, the Japanese market, the Australian market, there was, you know, slow motion and you make me feel, but mm-hmm. there's also an incredible array of unreleased
1: oh, tracks yes, from is. this era,
0: like stuff that's, you know, only leaked in recent years mm-hmm. and stuff that is definitely going to have to be on an anti to a set list. Please. Yes. And thank you. So there was, I'm just here for the music which ended mm. up going on to be a Paula Abdul song right. that was auto-tuned to the gods. So we'll, we'll pop that on our playlist and can enjoy that. Perhaps mm-hmm. that was a little thank you for spinning around. Not sure. But <laughs> anyway, um, th- we're not going to go through all the unreleased songs. Because
1: there's, there's a bit.
0: There is a lot. Maybe we'll just talk about our favourites. And, you know, if you've got your favourite unreleased Trapped from this era that you'd like to see on an anti-tour, by all means, like, hit us up on the socials and, Definitely. you know, we could talk all day about this.
1: Yeah, for sure. So
0: there was one that I really love. It's called On the Up that's co-written by mm. Karen Poole and Johnny Douglas. And it's so Kylie. It is so Kylie. Oh, my so God. Kylie. I, I
1: forgot that this was, from this, this was meant Same. to
0: be from this era. And listening to it now in the disco era, it could easily be incorporated into
1: the disco set list easily totally
0: like maybe maybe a bit slower like just slow i mean steve anderson knows what to do this is not for me He definitely
1: knows what to talk
0: about a (laughs) ringwork. i'm just saying just putting it out there so anyway that's my official petition for this Mm. to somehow go into the disco set list like it's even got that same kind of you know hot hot hot
1: from kiss of life Mm
0: -hmm. i don't know i just think it could get in there somewhere
1: yeah yeah, it really could. I know, right? Mm, I um, about that
0: one. I know. And Trippin' Me Up, that has...
1: Oh, that's I one know. of my favourite unreleased Kylie right. songs ever. oh, my that- God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <gasps>
0: I know that needs to be on an anti-tour as well because that's yes. kind of got sort of hints of, you know, new attitude, which we also noted on Doers Physical. Mm-hmm. So there's a fantastic acoustic version of that. So also, I'd like this on an anti-tour. Thank you. I need to put together another fantasy set list, don't I?
1: Uh, eventually, I think I'm going to do one. I'm going to do one um, for Kylie and Danny, and I, I, As in for, like a combined tour? Oh, no, no, like two separate tours. Okay. But I reckon we should probably look at doing, when we do the anti-tour, mm. maybe doing the anti-tour and then making that episode like a fantasy anti-tour as well. We can a f- talk about that a off. Fantasy off tu-
0: a fantasy off tour? Off
1: <laughs> fantasy tour. We can talk about that off the air later. I was about to
0: say, <laughs> what's a fantasy Danny tour? I was about to say a fanny tour, but just... <laughs> Whoops, That didn't think that through. It takes me back to Fanny Minogue, her drag name. And another one that has only um, leaked in the past couple of years that was done with Biff is Colour My Life. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh.
1: Yeah, Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, just incredible. So, and then there was that rumour that Madonna had written a song, and I'm pretty sure it's on the interwebs,
1: Alone Again. Yeah, so I believe that the only portion of that that we've heard was in the White Diamond documentary.
0: Oh, that's right. Right, It was right, a right, very yes. small
1: snippet was used, but I remember... But Madonna that it, did write it,
0: is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Madonna wrote it okay. for Kylie and gave it to her as a gift. Right. And I believe that it was meant to be on, possibly it was supposed to be one of the, like a B-side on Love at First Sight with Can't Get Blue Monday Out of My Head. Oh, was it written that... I think Marco. it was, but I don't... I mean, I'm trying to hold on to, like, what uh, brain cells I have left from all that raving. <laughs> but,
0: um... Well, anyone who can confirm or deny any yes. of this stuff, Please by all means, know. correct us,
1: let us know. We're Fix just, my brain for me, basically. we
0: just <laughs> here and trying to create the Madonna Kylie fantasy that we have
1: all dreamed of for so long. I but, know. I, and it's, it was a ballad as well, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, I would like them. I would always. I've always wanted to to work together, <sighs> but happen. I want them to work together on a big pop number or a big dance number. That's mm. it. Just makes more sense to me. Yeah. Um. And I guess it might have made more sense to Kylie in the end too because they didn't end up using it or releasing it. Right. Body language went on to be certified two times platinum down under after peaking at number two on the album chart here. Platinum in the UK after peaking at number six there, sold close to two hundred thousand copies in the US with a Billboard 200 peak of number forty-two, and with over one and a half million sales worldwide. Now, before we do move on to talk about live performance things, I just want to put it out there to Team Kylie, who I'm sure are listening, <laughs> that this is another album we need on vinyl. Yes. One of the most perfect Kylie albums to own on vinyl. And not just because it would be amazing to have that cover in that size. Oh, my God. But the songs itself would sound, I think, this was an 80s inspired record. This is an 80s concept record. It belongs on vinyl. We need this on wax and we need it pretty quickly, please. I mean, I don't ask for much, but I'm just going to put it out there.
0: 2023 is only a year away. So, chop,
1: chop. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And there's apparently like a, a one year backlog at the moment. With uh, vinyl making. Oh, yes. Well, yes. So... Uh, to get, it. <laughs> get onto it pretty quickly, please.
0: Lucky it was released in November, so you've oh. kind of almost got an extra year. Yeah, true. <laughs> so there's no excuses is what we're saying.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> While there wasn't a world tour for body language, there was a money can by one-off performance at the London Apollo in 2004 that would end up titled... Body Language Live for the DVD release. So let's talk about that show, eh? Let's. I mean, first off, I can't tell you how angry I was at the time <laughs> that the show was only being performed in London. I remember having a total fit about how bad it was. Remember when Internationals used to come to Australia and they thought yeah, that they yeah. only needed to, to, to go to Sydney? Oh, yes. <laughs> And they never went anywhere else. A Hello, Gaga, to name one of many. Well, Kylie went one step further and said, bugger is London or nothing. <laughs> um, thankfully, she had the thoughtful foresight to professionally record the show so poor Aussie chumps like us could finally experience it. Finally. Oh, and that DVD release just made me wish that I'd seen the show in the flesh even more, so. I mean, bloody hell, so, so good. Yeah, oh, incredible. My, my favourite moments of the whole show, though, I guess. First off, dancers doing a Nancy Sinatra and rolling out onto the stage right before the very French and so chic version of Breathe that matched it with jeton. <gasps> oh my God, I screamed mm.
0: at this. Like, that just ticks every box for me (laughs) and i definitely need a full studio version of this One of my favourite live moments slash mashups that she's ever done.
1: Also, that three pack punch of "Obsession in Your Eyes" and "Secret Take You Home" right before mm. the final two encores of the show—it's just pure heaven, honestly. Heaven, Eliza.
0: Absolute heaven. Like, and also the in slow, they the lightsaber sticks that she then used in magic. Like, is this where they were born?
1: Oh, that, that that actual stage arrangement reminded me very much of um, the Fever Tour. Oh, yes. Yes. Very much of the Fever Tour, yeah. Well, amidst the Body Language album tracks, we've got gorgeous reinterpretations of classics such as On a Night Like This, now complete with an arresting and dramatic dance break and a singing in the rain sample. <gasps> you know how I feel about rain tracks. I know. Tracks. If I wasn't <laughs> going to get um i feel for you
0: i at least got a song about rain so <laughs>
1: take it uh, can't get you out of my head had what to me sounded like a tougher bass to the original which amazing uh spinning around love at first sight in your eyes they were all in there too uh it's so um, weird
0: to think that these songs like when i was re-watching this the other day i forgot that all of those songs were only like a year or two old not classics, as we know them No! Yeah. Like, that was still so, like, fresh. And, I mean, they still sound fresh, but it was weird to think they were just such new songs still to everyone.
1: So i got to ask all of you listening, were you one of the lucky folk who got to see the Money Can't Buy performance in London? Well, if you were, please hit us up on the socials because both of us would love to hear your stories about this five-star experience. Oh, please.
0: I need every... Every single detail about all of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just so jelly. I still can't believe there wasn't a, a tour for this. This is. I feel the same about the, there not being a tour for this as I do about no KM94 tour. So guess we'll be putting together another fantasy <laughs> 20th anniversary body language tour set list. Oh. Like, it, it, yeah, it really is the forgotten...
1: Album. It is. is. Not Forgotten for Singles. No. We hope that this episode has made you all listening, maybe who didn't appreciate the album, or bluntly said in comments, (laughs) I fucking hate that album. (laughs) Um, We saw you. Uh, (laughs) um, Maybe it's maybe changed your mind a little bit, or maybe swayed, changed your mind about a certain song on it that you didn't like. Either way, definitely the most underrated Kylie album and... It's been such a blast getting stuck into it. It
0: really has. And I I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is that you and I are manifesting and adding to our vision board for a K35 anti-tour that is going to feature um, the majority of the songs from not only KM94, but body language.
1: Basically the majority of the songs that she's performed or recorded. (laughs) In, yes. general. <laughs> in general. In like, general. It's going to be a six-hour show.
0: Yes, I think um, Steve Anderson said it best
1: when he said, isn't this more like a festival? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be a Kylie festival.
0: <laughs> oh, God, please. I was reading that um, Slant magazine revisited
1: right. um,
0: everything in 2020 and they ranked yeah. Kylie's albums and they ranked this or the person doing it, I guess, ranked body language number two. Ooh. second only to Impossible Princess. So whoever wow. did this is my, this is my people.
1: They're in your, they're in your wheelhouse. <laughs> totally.
0: So, <laughs> oh, look, I understand lists are very subjective and take it with a grain oh, of totally. salt. But, I mean, this list is obviously objective. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I was surprised. I don't think I've ever seen body language appreciated like yeah. that, especially on a revisit. But maybe it is ultimately going to be an album That people, when they revisit, will appreciate more. And maybe that's because we're all getting older. And so it could be an album that we appreciate in our twilight years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Well, my lovely Eliza, this has been Kylie Minogue's Body Language on This Is Disco. What
0: a fantastic afternoon, evening. I don't know what time it is, but it's... (laughs) So good to see you again, talk Minogue with you, just forget about the state of the world and just have a great time talking about music that we love.
1: Yes. Uh, Keep an eye, folks, out on the show's social media accounts Mm -hmm. to find out what Danny Minogue Record Mm -hmm. will be covering for February's Minogue Monday, as well as the date. We're going to keep you waiting, like, a a week or two before we tell you anything. Keep the mystery alive. I'm so excited (laughs) to do another Danny album. I know, I assume. (laughs) Um, Eliza, where, though, can the lovely folk at home follow This Is Disco on the socials?
0: We are on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Disco, all one word, Mm -hmm. and... In a recent development this week, (laughs) we have joined TikTok. Now, please don't worry, anyone. Neither of us are doing any dances or lip syncing. Nobody needs to see that, and nor do we want to do that. (laughs) We're just, you know, just dipping our toe in and seeing what the kids are up to on the TikTok. So um, someone had already taken at This Is Disco. Bastards. (laughs) <laughs> um but you can find us at this is Disco podcast right. on TikTok. Mm. So absolutely no idea what we're doing there, but we'll figure it out and hopefully um have some fun and <laughs> see see what happens
1: (laughs) oh my god and how about yourself eliza where can we connect directly with you
0: you can find me at ms eliza day all one word on twitter and instagram i am also on tiktok not dancing just trying to figure
1: out how to use the damn app (laughs) anyway and you where might we find you these days well, I am A-D-E-M-E-V-E on Twitter, Adam Eve one word, um, at Adam.Eve on Instagram. I also host a weekly radio show on Mixcloud called The Record Doctor, and that's at The Record Doctor on both of the social media haunts. Uh, and I also have just last month launched my brand new podcast project, which is called You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, which is the world's very first Girls Aloud commentary podcast. And it is Fabulous. Oh, thank you. Uh, Episode one is a bit of an introduction and that dropped on New Year's Eve, Uh, but episode two, which is covering the pop stars and sound of the underground era, drops on podcasting everywhere from January 31st.
0: You are a busy, busy bee.
1: I am. And look, if that's all too hard to remember, because quite frankly, it kind of (laughs) is, just go to www.therecorddoctor.com. Excellent. We should put like a spreadsheet together for everyone. (laughs) Oh my God. Which
0: I think is what is commonly referred to as Linktree. um, Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's
1: all in our Linktree, which is in our socials bios. It is indeed time, though, for us to get on out of here. Eliza, it is so good to be back with you and inside the This Is Disco studio once again.
0: Lovely, lovely to be in your presence, and oh. lovely to have everyone who's listening
1: back with us for another year. Yes, oh, and also quickly, one thing oh. that we did forgot to did forget to mention during the roundup. Oh yes, what? Um, although we might have mentioned that in the November episode. I don't Spotify, remember. Spotify Wrapped.
0: Oh my god, yes, I was going to say that earlier. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. So
1: Spotify Wrapped. So <gasps> when Spotify Wrapped came out, we were sort of bombarded with people who. Spotify told them that This Is Disco was like like either their number one podcast for the year or in the top five of their most listened to podcasts of the year. And I've just got to say, we we are so, so overwhelmed, appreciative. We love you all. And we were very, very speechless, I think, on the day when it all coming through. So thank you all for your support. And we hope that this next year is even bigger for us and for you guys listening. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so thankful. It was just... Just the loveliest Christmas present to get and mm-hmm. just the comments that people were saying as they were tweeting it. It was so unexpected and just really, really lovely. Mm. Meant the world. So great to it be did. back with everyone and looking forward to bringing lots of Minogue to everyone this year. So yes, love yes. and kisses, dance floor darlings.
1: We'll catch you very soon for February's Minogue Monday. But until then, these are loving days. Bye. You're listening to This is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day.